Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of Fintech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today we are joined by Mary Kemi Abishanwa. She is a Fintech Scale Program Lead at PwC. She's currently running PwC's Fintech Scale Program for fast-growing B2B Fintech startups and co-leads PwC's award-winning multicultural business network, which celebrates multiculturalism of their UK firm through several internal and external events and campaigns a year. On top of this, she co-runs a millennial women's networking and personal development community called Now You're Talking. And we cannot forget to mention that she was recently named as one of the standout 35 in Innovate Finance's Women of Fintech Powerless 2020. And this was from almost a thousand applications. So such a prestigious thing to be able to celebrate today. The Powerless itself shines a spotlight on women leading innovation in financial services. So there's gonna be a lot that Mary can share with us today and I'm super excited to introduce her. Thank you so much for joining me on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you so much, Nadia, excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you here. And I'd love just to open things up and get you to tell us from your words a bit about your journey to your current position. Sure. Yeah, really excited to be here and excited to share with you all. In terms of my journey to my current position, so I've been working in consulting for almost five years. So in terms of my day job, it all started off on PwC's Women in Business Spring Week program during my first year of university. And almost five years later, I'm now a manager in our consulting practice focused on advising banks and fintechs through operational and technological change programs. And yeah, I really enjoy it currently running our scale fintech program, which, as you mentioned, is an accelerator program for fast growing B2B fintechs. And I would say my story is really anything to do with technology and how technology is changing the future of the financial services industry and particularly supporting millennials, especially female millennials, to achieve their full potential, anything in relation to those two things, you'll see me there, I'll be interested. And as you mentioned, at work, I've been heavily involved in diversity inclusion activities. So ever since my first internship, getting involved in our multicultural business network, which celebrates the multiculturalism of our UK firm. We have over 20,000 employees from over 120 different nationalities, and we're a truly global firm. So that importance of cultural awareness and 
recognizing the beauty and sometimes challenges of dispersed and multicultural teams is something we like talking about very often. And then from an outside of work perspective, similar, really passionate about fintech and supporting women. So as you mentioned, I've been blogging for the same amount of time I've been working on my blog on Medium, a millennial's diary, just sharing about navigating the corporate world. And that was really because I literally Googled what is it like to work in the corporate world as a young black woman starting out. And I literally couldn't find any literature from a British perspective that wasn't from a woman in the United States. So I just thought, let me just start documenting. And I initially wasn't sharing it with anyone. But then slowly people started to find it and really say it was resonating with them from all sorts of backgrounds. So I just thought, you know what, let me bite the bullet and start sharing further. And that really further amplified and encouraged me to start the Now You're Talking Network, which is really just about supporting women at their early to mid-career stages and connecting them to peer mentors, essentially people they can grow with alongside their career, ask for advice, support each other in all their businesses and ventures as well. I absolutely love that. That's super inspiring. Like seeing a void out there in the marketplace, you couldn't find the answer. Like you could find it in the States, but not here. And I think that just says so much about who you are and why you've come as far as you have done in your career so far, because you saw that void and thought, well, rather than waiting for somebody to fill it, I will. And look how successful that's become. And I think that's super inspiring for everyone listening to this, thinking about the problems that each of us face in our day-to-day lives, in our career journeys, in our personal lives, taking that mentality on to go, I can... I can give back and I can do that. That's super inspiring. And no wonder that got you to uh, stand out 35 on the Innovate Finance list. So, so good and great story to hear. So I'm just going to delve a little bit more into like that role of yours because it encompasses so much. And it'd be really good just to hear a little bit more about the day-to-day, what that entails. Like, cause it just sounds like every day must be quite different for you with the challenges. Yes, you are exactly right. I definitely think this is one of those roles where no day is the same. So it can be a range of kind of project management activities, working with founders, acting as a therapist to founders that are really growing interesting and exciting businesses, but really scaling them into the UK or scaling them further. So it is involves a whole range of things loads of different stakeholders but that's exactly why I love it I get to do events as well as supporting them with sales and marketing and connecting them to the right people and really being that kind of first point of contact they might have through PwC so really enjoy that aspect and in terms of the scale fintech program is really around connecting these interesting B2B fintechs to corporate decision makers. And that can be so hard and is really what will determine the success of their business, if they can get a contract with the likes of HSBC, Barclays, et cetera. So our program really offers three key things. It's connecting to corporates, advice and expertise from PwC as they scale, and a whole range of masterclasses as they upskill and grow their startup as well. So really around the decision makers, it's really that recognizing that in B2B fintech, it is really hard to find the key decision makers and budget holders who can sign off that this fintech can work with this large incumbent organization. And it's so interesting because so many incumbent financial institutions say they want to work with fintechs. They say they want to partner, but yet only 6% of them have seen the return on investment of partnerships. So they find them really difficult to navigate. There can be long procurement cycles. So we really want to position ourselves as the go-to fintech advisor, enabling that to happen. 
and then also the support we can provide them as PwC as they scale. So connecting them to senior PwC stakeholders who have experience with selling to clients, really helping them refine their value proposition. Sometimes I work with fintechs that are trying to do so many different things and they're so excited and one minute they're buy now, pay later, the next minute they're open banking. But really it's what you want to be known for and what you're really going to be good at. So kind of feedback on their pitch decks and their solution and the particular use cases they're working on is so important as well. And then finally, the upskilling elements. So through the program, we run masterclass sessions and we really help them scale, think about all the kind of challenges they might be facing around attracting or retaining talent, managing their growth as they scale operationally, and also upskilling their team around all sorts of things on the startup journey as well. So really exciting and varied, which I love. Really exciting and varied. Yeah. And do you know, I hear when you're talking through that, it's how do we progress things forward? Because I think there's a lot of sweeping statements in the marketplace about the institutions wanting to partner with fintechs. But what you said there was so key. Only 6% have seen a return on it because they've got great intentions, but just not sure how to make it happen. And that's where you come in. But also, like you really have touched a really important part for me where you spoke about almost being like a therapist to some of the, the, the fintech founders. And, you know, this is what people don't really perceive as the world that we work in. They don't see that actually we're, we're very emotive. It's not just about business profits, success stories. Actually, the, the people behind that, the emotion behind that, the fact that a lot of these fintechs are built by by passion and they are somebody who's faced a problem in their life a financial problem a payments problem they've decided to build a solution and that's very much connected to heart as well as mind and I think it's absolutely fascinating to hear the way that that you've explained how you get involved in all of that and it's great for people to hear this as well because it isn't what we traditionally thought financial services to be and I think it takes me quite nicely on to the next question because I think in today's podcast, a lot of people are going to be surprised that PwC do so much within fintech. So can you tell us a bit more about PwC's focus on fintech? Yes, and that is definitely feedback I get very often that uh, people... I speak to founders and they're like, oh no, we don't need auditing services or they think I'm trying to sell them some tax work or something. So yeah, I'm really passionate about amplifying the fact that our work in fintech is so much broader than that. Really, I think we're focusing on alliances and partnerships and really how we can support driving partnerships to develop a better financial services fintech ecosystem. So we partner with many external organizations like Innovate Finance, Fintech Alliance, the Fintech for All and the charter that they have. So addressing things from diversity and inclusion in financial services to really just bringing community, connecting corporates and professional services as well as the startups themselves as well we're really passionate about the thought leadership so you'll often find us producing reports like the global fintech report that we try and produce annually as well Um, a fintech deals and focus paper that we've just produced we've just also produced one around cryptocurrencies and central bank digital currencies as well so really demystifying the industry by sharing what's happening about it and really being able to provide some really powerful stats about how fast fintech is growing as well 
We've also just launched our TESOL banking ecosystem. So this is the next generation digital banking ecosystem that really just showcases what best in class digital banking can look like by bringing together 10 different fintech partners. So it's really interesting. It took us three years of work to put together, but it showcases if you plug in all of these APIs and work with these different fintechs, this is what the full experience could look like for a customer. And that's really what we want to showcase to our clients to say, this is where you're at now, but this is where you could be. And then obviously the scale fintech program that I mentioned that is really around pitching events, offering the scale up support. And overall, we really want to build our brand as that kind of go-to fintech scale up advisor as well. And that's so brilliant to hear. Um, you know, I love your white papers and your thought leadership. And I think this whole goal of demystifying some of the newer concepts, and actually not just the newer concepts, most of the concepts within the fintech community, for anybody outside of that, I cannot recommend what you produce at PwC. And actually, I often take in those packs to some of the universities that I go and visit just to help people really understand, like, What do we mean when we say crypto? What do we mean when we say digital currency? And it's actually not as scary as it first seems, especially by the way that that you as a team produce that information. That takes me nicely onto my next question because everything that you're talking about, you have weaved in diversity and inclusion. And I love that because I think a lot of people see within the FinTech community, diversity and inclusion as, as a point on an agenda. And I'm working really hard to bring it into the DNA of what fintech is. And I think what's been so unique about this podcast so far is you have weaved it into every single one of your answers because it is part of the the DNA of, of, of how you work and who you are. So I'd love for you just to tell the audience a bit more about the work that you're doing. Sure. And thank you for that observation as well, Nadia. I think that that's exactly right. For me, it's just integral to who I am and recognizing as a young black woman in financial services, I will often go to meetings where I'm the only woman or the only black person. And how can I, at a personal level, use that to stand out in a positive way, but also embrace that and actually encourage more people to be interested in the space. So when I tell other women or other black women about the work that I do they are interested they are passionate about it so clearly there's a kind of misconception a stereotype that they have around who can work in this space but in particular yeah I really have enjoyed working at PwC and they really have embraced diversity inclusion not just as a post once a year or something like that really thinking about how it intersects with all the work that we do so as I mentioned I co-lead our multicultural business network which is focusing on celebrating the multiculturalism of our UK firm. And we do several large events a year where we invite clients and campaigns and really try and explore what diversity inclusion means from all aspects as well. So recognising that the world is increasingly becoming a global marketplace, especially in the past year with the pandemic. We've all been working from our separate homes but we can still be communicating with people from all around the world. So what does it mean to communicate effectively with people from different backgrounds? How can you be aware of how your colleagues might be experiencing certain things that kind of, just as we talk about commercial awareness, I'm really passionate about talking about cultural awareness and being interested and inquisitive to learn about other cultures as well. 
And from a, the network perspective, we've done so many things. So I basically look after the London Steering Committee that has about 15 employees and we organise events, produce a monthly newsletter to share resources and really shout about what the network is doing internally and externally as well. And it's really around three things. So educate, empower and engage. So educating from a cultural awareness perspective, spotlighting stories that people might not have heard about, resources that can, they can read, empower. So thinking about the personal development, particularly of our BAME staff, so Black, Asian and minority ethnic, and thinking about what are the, some, some of the barriers that they might face additionally in the workplace. So for many of them, it's, it's kind of countercultural to be kind of self-promoting. And in a big organisation like PwC, self-promotion is something that helps you progress. So how do we support people to do that better or actually challenge some of those things as well? educate engage and empower and engage is what we do around our work in schools and the local community so really engaging with people to change their perception of who works in that nice fancy building and that has really amazing impacts and i really enjoy going into schools and working with sometimes non-russell group universities as well to encourage them that actually you can be in this building and you have the skills and talent to do so as well and I think the last thing I'll mention is around one of our most successful initiatives, which is called Colour Brave. And we actually adopted this from our US firm. And it's all about normalising conversations about race in the workplace. So recognising that you need to be colour brave and not colour blind. Like everyone knows there's enough resources right now um, to know that race and the issues that exist in our society. So how do we recognise that those things don't disappear as soon as you walk into the office or you dial into a Zoom? or Google Meet call. So Colour Brave is all about normalising those conversations and people at PwC are now very accustomed to having Colour Brave conversations. So intimate kind of safe conversations with their teams, Colour Brave moments where someone will share a vulnerable moment at the start of a meeting or a town hall. And for me, that is just so exciting to see. It says this isn't just something we do as and when on the side, but it's integral to how we function and is really integral to understanding more about our colleagues beyond just how are you have you completed that assignment yeah absolutely and do you know what I love about that is that again you're giving a bit of a how-to on it so you know being able to share that psychological safety and how we get to it so a lot of people talk about oh we've created a safe environment okay but but actually how have you done that and I think you've given a really good example of sharing a colour brave moment that has so much more depth to it because you've got somebody who's probably feeling vulnerable. They're sharing a very personal thing. They're being encouraged to share, but also everybody else, when they're listening to that share, they're in a safe space where they feel like they can listen and they can respond appropriately. And that in itself then perpetuates the safety, which is incredibly important and a really, really great example. Now, my next question to you is around your thoughts on the democratization of financial services and the power of financial inclusion. So you've touched upon a bit of what's happened over the last year. This is a big question. It'd be great to hear your thoughts. Yes, that is a big question, but something I'm very excited about. I think I would say that I think fintech has already gone some step of the way. I think fintech right now is easier to understand. It's more accessible. It's kind of more cool than traditional financial services that I always say has been very jargon heavy that actually wasn't serving anyone at all. It was about kind of opacity. It was about just give us your money and we do some fancy things and 
if you have access, you can maybe do some bigger things and grow your money further. But if not, just give us your money, essentially. So I'm really excited that fintech is really about making financial services easier to understand. And we've seen the rise of platforms to open understanding of the industry. And I've seen more young people than ever passionate about the space. Honestly, I'm, I get usually minimum five emails and 10 LinkedIn messages a week from people just passionate about fintech and understanding their financial services from a personal perspective, but also how the industry is changing as well. I really do think there's more that mainstream financial services can do to adequately serve underrepresented groups. And I hope that these kind of big organizations are working on those things. But I am excited about how fintech is bringing that more to the forefront. I'm really excited, particularly in the US, rise of fintechs that are focused on specific communities. So whether it's black people or LGBTQI plus people or creators and saying, actually, let's make financial services work for you. These are the ways that you want to spend your money. These are the things that matter to you. I think that's really important. And again, that I've always thought around why is financial services, although it's such a lifestyle driven activity, just try to be so standardized and how can we make it personalized? How can we make it work for people and the way that people live now the fact that they might have income coming from multiple different sources the fact that they want to just manage things in their own way the fact that they might want to intentionally say i want to support small businesses or black owned businesses how can financial services work for the for people i'm really passionate about that so i think some of the trends that i find really interesting at the moment is definitely around esg so environmental social governance and how this is driving purpose-driven banking as well really passionate about the space of financial literacy and particularly applications of gamification to help people with investing or saving and i see so many fintechs in that space as well and also just this idea of like the fractionalization of financial services so what crowdfunding is doing the fact that you can buy fractional shares you don't have to spend i don't know five hundred dollars and buy one share but actually you can say well right now i have ten dollars i'm just going to buy a portion of the share like it's quite fundamental but really that is opening access to people to invest in things that they wouldn't have had been able to do in the past so overall i'm super super passionate about this space i think there's so much more to come but i'm really excited for more people to be in the fold but we'll also say i'm i'm really really passionate about the education side to be a part of that conversation as well. It's really great that people can invest in cryptocurrencies and fractional shares and crowdfunding. But if they're just investing in things because the social media influencer told them to, that's not right either. So what can we do to really make sure that education and the understanding from reputable sources is there as well? Yeah, absolutely. Like having it from sources that we can trust and that we know are going to explain things correctly and in a safe way. Because what we don't want is people being encouraged and then they get the hand bitten because they're encouraged from the wrong sources. I think that's absolutely key. It's so brilliant, like just listening to your passion for all of this and just like there's so much that you're doing and so much that you're busy with and so much change that's happening. I know that you wanted to speak in particular about the next generation of women. We've touched upon the next generation in general, but that female aspect is really important to you as well. So I wondered if you wanted to add anything to that. Yes, For me, starting the Now You're Talking Network was literally nothing that I actually intentionally wanted to do. It was coming back to London to work and finally having money and just being excited and going to networking events related to financial services or tech. 
and noticing that there weren't usually other young women at these events, but I would go back to work or most of some of my friends and say, oh, I went to this really amazing event and this person's work and I learned so much and here are my notes. And they would say, oh, that's amazing. It would be great if you could let me know when you go to the next one. And after a while, I was just sending the same events to so many people. I was just like, this is not working. I need to create a community and I'm sure I'm missing out on some events as well. So it really started off as a WhatsApp group with 30 of my friends that I knew worked in and around the city in financial services or tech. And now it's going to a global female community of over 800 women that support each other to level up personally and professionally through access to opportunities and resources so they can earn more and be more confident. And for me, it's been so exciting over the past, I guess, four years now to see the network grow and the kind of topics we talk about are side hustles so 60 percent of our members have side hustles so they might have youtube channels selling on etsy fully fledged businesses they might be making their own clothes it's so amazing to see what people get up to so providing that platform for people to showcase their side hustle to have a platform to speak about the topics they're passionate about is what i absolutely love doing we talk about getting your first promotion, finding a workplace sponsor, the importance of personal branding. Again, those are topics that are really integral to everything we do. We've literally just launched a marketplace. So this was something, a dream that I've always had to be able to have a website that is literally an Amazon, but every product and service on there is from a female millennial or Gen Z side hustler or entrepreneur. So people are literally able to support kind of female owned businesses. And yeah, I'm really excited that we've launched that. And in March for International Women's Day, we just published our white paper, having spoken to 100 Gen Z and millennial women about how they are navigating the pandemic. So how it's affected their perception at work, their confidence, side hustles and entrepreneurship. And it was so many really, really interesting insights. So we saw that 60% of the respondents felt on average, less confident than their male peers. We saw that one in four women were interested in or had started a side hustle or become an entrepreneur during the pandemic. And it's just been amazing. So through the network now, we've been able to work with corporate partners as well, like Accenture, Barclays, so many other organizations, as well as co-working spaces. And I'm just excited to see it grow further. And I'm just constantly bringing in more women into the fold that want to get involved um, because I know it's bigger than myself for sure as well. Yeah, I love that. And please share that white paper with me because when we post this pod, I would love to have connections to your PwC work, but also this. I think that's really, really key, especially right now, like as we're hopefully coming out of the pandemic, it's really good to just see that recovery bounce back. How do we ensure that we've still got the scaffolding in place to support people and we don't just bounce back to how it used to be? There are some things that we've learned that are really important. And then my final question, what is your advice to the fintech industry in terms of what actions will actually drive sustainable equality? Fantastic question. I think one thing that really drives me in everything that I do is just recognizing that talent is evenly distributed, but opportunities are not. So I guess I always think about how can fintechs or startups generally really make sure that they're actively looking for talent in ways that are beyond just using their own network, that they're looking at communities like the Now You're Talking Network. They're actively trying to recognize that they want diversity of thought and it might just be a little bit harder to get it. But I think in this in day and age, there are so many kind of Slack communities, 
Twitter communities access and people that you can chat to to find really good talent that doesn't necessarily look like what your organization looks like right now and especially post receiving that innovate women in fintech powerless award i've really made a commitment to support more women and people of color to get into the fintech industry to continue documenting my journey and also continue challenging my colleagues and clients around diversity inclusion And especially when I think of fintech being the future of the financial services industry, isn't this such an amazing opportunity to really think about how we design things right from the beginning? So when we're thinking about new products and services, who do we have around the table? How do we make sure that people feel psychologically safe to raise things and challenge things? And well, that name sounds a bit interesting. Maybe we shouldn't go for it. So those are things that I'm really passionate about doing. I'm currently working with a small group of people to particularly address the lack of black people in fintech. So hopefully we'll be able to do something in summer, really focus on educating people more from a personal perspective around how financial services and fintech can help them build good financial habits, but also to the numerous number of jobs that are available in the space as well and to really get people to transition into the space as well so I'm really excited and I would say watch this space definitely watch this space I've got to say that's absolutely brilliant you've given us some real real action points for people to take away and contribute themselves and I love your point about if you want to be hiring people from different backgrounds, different diversity of thought, difference of opinions, you can do. It may be a little bit harder, but that, that harder is only because it's different to what you've done before. And let, let's make that change. So I'm really excited to have got to know you today. I really want to support you in everything that you're doing. I love the sound of your white papers. I love what we can now share after this. And I really hope that people listening to this podcast are going to now follow you, be part of your network and all of us together. Let's push this movement further forward. Let's open people's eyes to what fintech can be, the potential it has for real, authentic diversity, equity and inclusion. And Mary, it's been such a pleasure getting to know you and learning how much you do. Thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Nadia.